Let us commence our service this afternoon by singing together hymn number 742. The tune is Beulah 446. He that trusts in his own heart acts a raw and foolish part. Base it is and full of guile, brood in mischief in a smile. Hymn 742, Tumbula. 446.
Let us read together from the Holy Word of God in the Gospel according to Luke and chapter 24. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. We'll commence our reading at verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and their rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, And all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us, while he talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, 
saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in my in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me, and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy uh, and wonder, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broad fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them thus it is written and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things and behold I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them, and it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his own precious word. Grant unto us a spirit of real prayer. Gracious, merciful and eternal God, Oh, we do desire to bow before thee, the only true God. We desire to come unto thee in that precious name of Jesus Christ. Oh, we, we pray that, that we may be enabled this afternoon to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to feel his saving grace in our hearts, to feel his delivering mercy in our souls. And thy word declares to whom coming, uh, as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. We pray that the Lord Jesus may be exalted here this afternoon, that he may be lifted on the gospel pole, 
and that poor sinners may look and live, that those in darkness may be brought into light, and those in bondage may be brought into liberty, and those that are far off may be made nigh. Lord, do so bless us. We humbly beseech thee, thou didst promise thy disciples when sent forth that there would be signs that would follow the preaching of the word. May we see signs following the preaching of the word. And uh, we're exhorted in thy word to be thankful. And so as we come into the sanctuary, uh, we would come with the voice of praise and of thanksgiving. Thankful for all thy tender mercies, thy loving kindnesses, which are new every morning. And great is thy faithfulness in spite of our unfaithfulness. Yet thou remainest and thy faithfulness remains. And thy unchanging grace is always the same. Oh, we do pray, most gracious Lord, that thou wouldst fill our hearts with gratitude for thy eternal love. We thank thee for those lovely words. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. May we be drawn. May the love of Christ be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. May the spirit of truth be present in our assembly and the word of truth find a place in our hearts sealed there by the Holy Ghost. We thank thee for the Holy Ghost. We thank thee for his divine power, his heavenly unction, that he's able to open our understanding, that we might understand the scriptures. We thank thee, O Lord, that we, we can and we do know the love of our eternal Father. And uh, we thank thee for that love. We think of those lovely words, for the Father himself loveth you. We thank thee for Jesus Christ. All the fullness that dwells in him. What a treasure house he is. Full of grace and truth. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Oh, we thank thee for the glory of his person. We thank thee that he is now in heaven, sitting at thy right hand. We have an advocate with the Father. We have a great high priest. Lord, we would come with gratitude, with joy. We meditate the grace of our high priest above. His heart is made of tenderness. His bowels melt with love. We thank thee for that wonderful glory of the incarnation uh, made of a woman made under the law we thank thee for that and the law has been fulfilled in his glorious person honoured and magnified the opposite to what we do O oh Lord God we thank thee for Jesus Christ for the law fulfilled for everlasting righteousness brought in we thank thee for Calvary, where the Lamb was slain, 
He took our sins and he nailed them to his cross. Oh, the wonderful glories of Jesus Christ. We thank thee that he satisfied all the demands of divine justice against his bride, his spouse. He redeemed her. And he entered into death itself and swallowed up death in victory. We thank thee that he has indeed swallowed up death in victory and brought life and immortality to life, risen from the grave. He rose again for our justification. We thank thee that he bodily ascended into heaven. Oh, the wonder. Lord, the wonder and the glory that dwells in Jesus, the Son of God. We, we, we pray that thou wouldst bless us as a church and as a congregation. We come as poor, wretched sinners, un- undeserving the least of thy mercies. We all have sinned and come short of thy glory. And we come to confess our sins and our wanderings and our backslidings. And pray that thou wouldst forgive us of all our sins. And wash us in that precious blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from all sin. And clothe us in that glorious everlasting robe of his righteousness. We echo in our hearts the language of the spouse. My beloved is white and ruddy. The chiefest among ten thousand. Oh, we, we do pray that thou wouldst remember our deacons and bless them with needed grace, wisdom and help. Remember our dear brother and sister away at this time and may they find rest and change and be profited today in the sanctuary. And O oh Lord, we do pray and to bring them home in peace and safety at the appointed time. Any others that are not able to come out today, we, we pray for them. We pray for our dear brother and sister in Holland and seek that thou wouldst bless them indeed. And uh, we pray for dear Ina and uh, that thou wouldst richly bless her in her great age. We do humbly pray thee. And we pray that thou wouldst draw near to her in her lonely hours. She may be able to cast all her cares upon thee. We think of any in the path of affliction and trouble and trial and perplexity and pray that there was undertake for them. Remember the little ones and the children. Bless them indeed. Oh, gracious God, we, we do pray that there was bless them in their young and tender years with the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. We pray that there was blessed parents as they seek to bring up their children. May they be enabled to do so in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Remember the young friends. Remember them for good. Bring them to living faith in Jesus Christ. Gracious God, bless them with that rich grace that is in Christ Jesus. And bore their ears to the doorposts of thy house. And Lord, we pray that thou would remember the prodigal that have wandered away, stretch out thy almighty arms, cause them to be in one, cause them to return. Lord, what rejoicing there would be, O Lord, to see Zion's offspring come, the prodigals returning, 
send out the light and truth of the gospel into this village and the surrounding villages and hamlets. Bring our sons from far and our daughters from the ends of the earth and pull down the strongholds of Satan. Set up the kingdom of the Lord Jesus in the hearts of sinners. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, the son of man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. Oh, put forth that strength and power in the day in which we live. Oh, to see the fulfilling of that precious word, for I am returned unto Jerusalem with mercies. Lord, bless thy word and bless thy people. Bless the assemblies of thy saints. Bless thy servants this day as they labour in word and doctrine upon the walls of Zion. Set them free. Set them at liberty. We do humbly beseech of thee. O Lord of hosts, O God of Israel, O thou that dwellest between the cherubim, shine forth. We do humbly beseech thee. Send out thy light and thy truth. O Lord, we do beseech you. We live in a very dark day, Lord. Where iniquity abounds on every hand, and the love of many waxes cold, and Zion is minister and brought low, and the boar out of the wood doth waste her. We see wicked men in power, and uh, immorality, unrighteousness abounding, running down our streets. O Lord, do hear us, we pray thee, and have mercy upon us, we beseech thee, as a nation. And, and send out the light and glory of thy gospel, of thy word, and of thy grace. In the day in which we live, we do humbly beseech of thee. Wilt thou not revive us again, O Lord? And thou hast exhorted us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May we see Zion's prosperity. May we see thy power and thy glory in the gospel. We do humbly beseech of thee. Be with us now, Lord, as we turn to thy word. Come and open thy word to our heart and to our understanding. Come and touch one's lips with a live coal from off the heavenly altar. We ask for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Let us now sing together in number 744. The tune is Gieson 906. No awful sense we find of sin, the sinful life and sinful heart, no loathing of the plague within until the Lord that feel impart. But when the spirit of truth is come, a sinner trembles at his doom. Hymn 744, tune Gieson 906.
greatly feeling to need the Lord's gracious help, I direct your attention to Luke chapter 24, and uh, we will read verse 25 and 26 for our text. Luke chapter 24, verses 25 and 26. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? The Lord speaks these things to two of his disciples. O fools and slow of heart to believe. And, uh, you know, isn't it true how slow of heart we are to believe and what uh, evidence does it have in the scripture of the same spirit? We find it in the Lord's immediate disciples. And uh, Thomas, in uh, John chapter 20, uh, how the Lord... um, Reprove Thomas for his spirit that he had. And uh, the Lord appeared to them when Thomas wasn't with them. And uh, Thomas said to them, except I put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You see, uh, it, it says in John 20, verse 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. What what a solemn spirit Thomas was on. And yet we find this spirit common among the disciples. The Lord Jesus reproved them. So we read here in John 20 and after eight days again his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, notice it, directly speaks to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. (coughs) And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And here is the reproof. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. You see, we walk by faith. 
not by sight. Are we walking by faith? And uh, do we hear the word of the Lord? Uh, And do we hear the Lord's servants when they preach? Many years ago now, preaching at a place and the preaching on a certain doctrine and uh, I tried to lay out that doctrine of truth and and the deacon said to me afterwards I hear what you say friend but the Lord hasn't shown me so he he didn't hear at all not believingly He, he wanted a special revelation he didn't listen to the minister he wanted a special revelation you see that's the pride of our heart And we should listen to what the Lord says. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Don't we have to uh, confess that we are guilty in these things? And uh, that we come short in these things? My mind... it goes to the, um, I believe it was the, those that had witnessed the um, Lord Jesus being crucified. And uh, they went to Pilate and they asked for a watch to watch over because they said, this deceiver said that he would rise from the dead after three days. Yet the disciples didn't believe it. But the un, the wicked, the unrighteous, they, they heard what he said. They believed what he said. And, and yet the poor disciples, they couldn't understand it. You see, my beloved friends, these things are written for our instruction in, in the way of righteousness and of truth. We read in Mark when the Lord appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. And indeed it's recorded in Mark in the 16th chapter the same just briefly what we have in this chapter in Luke. And uh, you look at Mark 16 and verse 9. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they said when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believe not. They believe not. Even though she'd actually, Christ had appeared to her and she'd seen him, yet they refused to believe. After this he appeared, and this is the road to Emmaus, After that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they then. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now is the same doubting disciples that he immediately said and he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. What a solemn thought that is, isn't it? And may the Lord give us clear, believing views of the truth. And, and not, we've got to have a special revelation. That's nothing more than the pride of our heart. Of course, real religion is a revealed thing. Real religion is the work of the spirit in the heart. And it's very personal. But to say that we need a, a special revelation. You know, these things are written for our instruction. And Christ said to them, be not faithless, but believe it. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 27 and from verse 62. And uh, we have the chief priests, etc. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, till his disciples come by night, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, You have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone, setting a watch. You see, they'd heard what he said. They believed what he said in a sense, but the disciples didn't. And yet there are numerous occasions in the Gospels when Christ actually warned the disciples. He foretold them what was going to happen, that he would be taken by the hands of wicked men and be crucified. And on the third day, he would rise again. And yet they didn't believe. Are you and am I any better? Oh, that the Lord would give us clear Believe in views. And that we might hear what the word of God says. Hear what the Lord's servant says. You see, except ye become as a little child. A little child holds its parents' hands. It trusts them. It confides in them. And, and the Lord Jesus said, except ye become as a little child, trusting, believing. Be not faithless, but believing. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? You know, and just this verse following, verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And uh, he, he says, as it goes on in verse, later on, verse 44 he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, 
that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. In other words, the complete word of God concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Oh, that the Lord may do the same for us. I constantly feel the need of it when I come before you continually to minister, that the Lord should open my understanding. And not only that, to give the ability to try and preach what the truth is. O oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Christ himself said. Also it's recorded in Ezekiel. We have piped unto you. We have played music unto you. We have not danced. Christ preached to them. The gospel of the kingdom. The very king of kings himself. They would not believe. He was despised and he was rejected of men. And you know friends, may the Lord give us and deliver us from this spirit of unbelief. And uh, that we may not come under this condemnation of fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? You know, right through these scriptures, as it says here in verse 27, and that must have been a remarkable time when he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. When he opened to them the, those wonderful prophecies in Isaiah, Especially you think of Isaiah 53, how beautifully it prophesies of the sufferings of Christ, of what he passed through. And in Psalm 22, how it speaks so sacredly of the innermost feelings of Christ. Christ himself is speaking in Psalm 22. And he's speaking of the awful sufferings that he passed through as a man on the cross of Calvary. And he poured out his soul unto death. You see, as Isaiah said, he was wounded for our transgressions. And it's when our eyes are opened, you know, for years I've read, I've read Psalm 53 and of course, believed it spoke of the sufferings of Christ. But I remember one occasion uh, sitting and reading and that seemed to stand out so vividly. A man of sorrows. Oh, the, it was so vivid. And uh, I can understand what is meant. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. There was such a clear, vivid view of the man Christ Jesus. The holy God man who suffered and bled and died for the sins of his people, ought not Christ to have suffered. 
these things and to enter into his glory. It was the Lord Jesus said, to this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world. What? When did he speak it? When he was about to suffer, bleed and die. To this end was I born. To suffer, to bleed and die. If Christ had not suffered and bled and died, there would be no salvation. There would be no hope. There would be no mercy. There would be no grace. There would be no salvation. It's only through Jesus, the Son of God, suffering, bleeding, dying on the cross of Calvary. That's, that's how salvation came. That's how salvation was accomplished. By Jesus, the Son of God. And it had to be Jesus, the Son of God, that suffered and bled and died on the behalf of his people. Number one, he was holy. He was pure. He was righteous, as we commented this morning in our text. The Holy One of Israel. He's holy. He was born holy into this world. He lived a holy, pure and spotless life as a man here upon earth. And in that, in that holy life of Jesus Christ, the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, is our righteousness. His obedience is ours. His righteousness is ours by faith. This is what the poor sinner receives. You know, it's so lovely. It has been of late to me, those words in Solomon's song in the fifth chapter. My beloved is white and ruddy. It's what the spouse saw in Christ. He's white. He's pure. He's holy. He's righteous. He's the Holy One of Israel. You get a sight of that. The perfections of Christ. And the law fulfilled. I think the apostle brings it out so clearly and so emphatically in Galatians 4. Made of a woman. Made under the law. That's what Christ was. The son of God was made of a woman. And because he was made of a woman, he was made under the law. The Bible states clearly the law was made for man. So when the Son of God became a man, he came under the law. And he lived under the law, here as a man upon earth. It's a profound mystery. The Son of God, who gave the law, came and lived under the law as a man. And he did that on the behalf of his people. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? What a wonderful thing that he enters into his glory, having redeemed his people, having lived for them, having become their sin bearer. You know, we've often explained to you Gethsemane is where the sin of the church was laid on Christ he became our 
sin bearer. And that is why it's recorded that he being in an agony, it's here in Luke's gospel, he being in agony, sweat as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Why? Because the sins were laid on him. You think of the whole church of God from Adam right to the end of time. Millions. And all their sins were laid on Christ. And he, being in an agony, swept, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. Oh, may the Lord give us clearer believing views of the glorious person of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God manifest in the flesh. Clearer believing views of his holy life. Clearer believing views of his sufferings, his sorrows. And uh, how he did this on the behalf of his people. Wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. May the Lord give us a clear view of that. Jesus in our wretched room, place and stead. Oh, that we may have clear believing views. When you believe, it's an act of appropriation. You lay hold of something. And that something is Christ. And, And some aspect of what he's done. One aspect we've already spoken of, the fulfilling of the law. The other aspect, suffering, bleeding. Die to redeem us. Think on these things. Think on these things. Or meditate on these things. Or, you know, meditation is a spiritual exercise and it, it can only be done with the power of the Holy Ghost. Same as prayer is a spiritual exercise. And uh, the hymn writer says, Prayer indicted by thy spirit. And how we need the Holy Spirit to give us real prayer. And having real prayer, believe in views. Believe in views of the precious blood of the Lamb that cleanses from all sin. Believe in views of the glorious everlasting righteousness. But having a believing view, it's laying hold of it. Believing it personally, in our own souls. Not not for this one, that one, another one, but for us personally. Real religion is a personal thing. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? See, he suffered, he bled, he died, he died. But he rose again, but he rose again. And and it's clearly stated in Holy Scripture, he rose again for our justification. 
that we might be declared without sin. That's what justification means. Declared to be without sin. Why? Because Jesus suffered and bled and died for our sins. And then he rose again. Doesn't the apostle say in Romans 8, and he speaks of the suffering and death of Christ, and then he says, and yea, rather is risen again. Rather is risen again. In the Acts of the Apostles, it says death could not hold him. You know, on the glorious person of Christ, death had no hold at all. He died on the behalf of his people for the sins of his people. Death had no claim on Jesus Christ. He did no sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. He was perfect. He was righteous. Altogether. So he voluntarily entered into death. It was a voluntary act of the Son of God to enter into death itself on the behalf of his people and as it says in scripture that he might destroy death and him that had the power of death that is the devil. And that's exactly what he's done. And he's done it on behalf of poor sinners. Poor, wretched, ruined, hopeless sinners. Or, you know, when the um, Philippian jailer said to Paul, what must I do to be saved? What did Paul say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And thou shalt be saved. There's a, a clear pattern laid out in Holy Scripture. Now this believing, this faith is wrought in the heart by the Holy Ghost. It's given. The Apostle says in, I believe it's Ephesians chapter 2 faith is the gift of God. It's a divine gift which the Holy Spirit gives. Which he works in the heart. So that's a term that is often used by the Puritans, especially when speaking of faith, he works it in the heart, the spirit of faith. And when that spirit of faith is worked in the heart, Christ is revealed. And you're then enabled to see Jesus by faith, to look to Jesus. But it's not only that act of believing it, it's the light and the life and the power of faith in the heart. Christ revealed, Christ made precious, his love shed abroad in your heart. See, it says in scripture, faith that worketh by love and the affection and the love that goes out to Christ, to his glorious person for what he has done. On such love my heart still ponders. Love so rich, so full, so free. You know, or, or that we may take heed here. Doesn't the uh, Apostle Paul, when he, he writes his epistle to the Hebrews, and uh, in speaking to them, he, he describes what is what he calls an evil heart of unbelief. 
an evil heart of unbelief. And he, he warns, doesn't he? Be careful, lest there be any, any of us this evil heart of unbelief. In uh, Hebrews chapter 3, and uh, he quotes from the Psalms, and he says, uh, indeed, if you look at the previous verses, it says verse 6, but Christ is a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. It's a solemn thought, my beloved friends. But there was only three men that entered who were of majority age into the land of Canaan. That was uh, Caleb, the, one of the spies that spied out the land, gave a believing report. Joshua, the only man. And we're told the rest died in the wilderness. The Lord led them around in that wilderness until they were all gone. And this is exactly the illustration that the Apostle is using here of this spirit of unbelief that was in the children of Israel in the wilderness. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest that was into the land of Canaan which in this sense is a type of heaven. Take heed brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You see, he speaks in verse 8 of the hardness of the heart, and, and he tells us how it comes about. The deceitfulness of sin. deceitfulness of sin for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end while it is said today if you would hear his voice harden not your hearts as in the provocation for some when they had heard did provoke howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses but with whom was he grieved forty years was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter in to his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in 
because of unbelief. And he goes on in exhortation in, uh, in chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. You know, friends, I'll be failing in my duty as a minister if I didn't bring these things before you. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. It goes on, in the, he says in verse 11, let us labour therefore to enter into that rest. That rest is Christ. is a suffering saviour. It's the precious blood of the Lamb. It's the sacrifice of Calvary. That's the rest of faith. Let us labour therefore to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Goes on in that same chapter. And he says in verse 16. It speaks previously of the glorious person of Christ. It says in verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? See that precious Saviour that has redeemed his people, that has shed his precious blood, that has brought in everlasting righteousness, that has swallowed up death in victory, he's made a new and living way into the holy place, as it says in our text, and to enter into his glory. Now what does Christ say? I am the way, the truth and the life. To enter into glory, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Oh, my dear beloved friends, I am the way. Christ is the way. Jesus is the living way. He is. And it's in him that we shall enter into our glory. When he rose from the dead, he said, Because I live, ye shall live also. When, when they came to the sepulchre, it's recorded here in the beginning of this chapter and uh, it says in Mark as well. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. He is not here. Why? Because he, he's risen from the grave. He is not here. No. That, that grave is empty. The empty tomb. The risen saviour. Why seek ye the living among the dead? 
and now the exalted Saviour. For such an high priest have we, who is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, to enter into his glory. You see, there's a glory. Emmanuel's all the glory in Emmanuel's land. What does those words, based on Rutherford's last words, I, I will not gaze on glory, but on my King of grace. Not on the crown he giveth, but on those pierced hands, where glory, glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. What did, what did Christ himself say? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. See that? To enter into his glory. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. You see, unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Never forget reading the Puritan Thomas Goodwin. And he quoted that text. And especially that... Well, he shall appear without sin. And he made this comment. There is your justification, child of God. What what did he mean when he said that? There is your justification. Your sins have been put away. Your sins were laid on Christ in Gethsemane. And he purged those sins away in his sufferings and sorrows on the cross. And he died for our sins. And he rose again for our justification to declare us to be without sin. And when he comes a second time to receive his people unto himself, he will come without sin. Those sins are all atoned for. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed thy sins from thee, O Israel. Justified in Christ. Oh, to have a clear view by faith of the justifying righteousness of Christ, of the being justified in that suffering Saviour who suffered and bled and died for our sins, who was wounded for our transgressions, who was bruised for our iniquities. And now he's ascended into heaven. Heaven was shut when Adam fell. That it speaks of it in Genesis, uh, that fiery sword that turned every way, that kept the way of the tree of life, so that man could not enter any more into the presence of God. But Jesus has made a new and a living way into the holy place. There's that lovely uh, Psalm 24. Uh, Christ ascended into heaven. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors. Those gates are shut when Adam fell. But the slow, the second Adam comes, the Lord from heaven, the Christ of God. And he ascends into heaven. And those heavenly gates, they lift their heads. They're opened. The King of glory shall come in. Who is 
This King of glory is Christ. It's Jesus himself. As it says in our text, to enter into glory. You see, what a wonderful door of hope is open wide in Jesus' bleeding hands and side. O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? May the Lord add his blessing. now sing together hymn number 789 to the tune Everlasting Love 942 O ye sons of God be wise trust no longer dreams and lies out of Christ almighty power can do nothing but devour God you say is good tis true but he's pure and holy too, just and jealous is his ire, burning with vindictive fire. Hymn 789, tune Everlasting Love, 942.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the sacred fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us each, both now and forevermore. Amen.